So we want to be all up in their ears. So at the end of this worship time, there's blood because it's so loud. like, ah, I'm bleeding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Amen, amen. This first song is called No One Else. Everybody say no. No. No, no, you got to say it louder. Say no. No. One. One. You got to be louder than me. One. One. Else. Else. This first song is called No One Else, okay? I don't know why they call it that, but there's no one else like Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get a praise God? Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, clap those hands. Let me sing. No one else can love you like God love you, love. Cause I was made unique in your heart. I was made to bring you. Come on, sing with me, Storm. No one else can love you like God love you, love. Cause I was made unique in your heart. I was made to bring you. Come on, no one else. I was made unique in your heart. I was made to bring you. One more time, no one else. No one else can love you like I love you, love. Cause I was made unique in your heart. I was made to bring you. Let me sing. Now I have. Now I have a purpose. Now I have a destiny. Name me for your glory. Made me for you, love. We'll sing it out. Now I have a purpose. Now I have a destiny. You made me for your glory. You made me for your love. Now I have a purpose. Come on, sing it out. Now I have a destiny. You made me for your glory. You made me for your One more time now. And now I have a purpose. Now I have a destiny. You made me for your glory. You made me for your glory. No one else. And no one else can love you. Sing it out. Sing out. I don't hear everybody. I don't hear everybody. I'm pointing fingers, but I don't hear everybody. Come on now. Can we sing this out to you? God, we glorify your name. We're not ashamed. We're not ashamed to give you glory. We're not ashamed to praise you. Now I, 
Now I have a purpose. Now I have a destiny. You made me for your glory. Oh, you made me for. Come see it now. Now I have a purpose. Now I have a destiny. You made me for your glory. Oh, you made me for. Now I have a. Now I have a purpose. Now I have a destiny. You made me for your glory. You made me for. One more time, say now I have. Give a hand a clap of praise. Woo! And now I have a purpose. And now I have a destiny. You made me for your glory. You made me for your glory. And now I have And now I have a destiny. You made me for your glory. Tell me today now. Now I have Now I have a Come on, close your eyes with me, Tom. You made me for your glory. You made me for your glory. Now I have Help me sing this, I'm free And I am free to run I am free to run Yes, I am free to dance I Come on. am free to dance Yes, I am free to live for you Yes, I, I am free to live for you I am free Come and sing through you Stop it. It's the Holy Ghost leader right now. Check this out, y'all. Now, if we were to go, it's a Friday night right now. If we were to go right now just to Mambo's, which is on Milwaukee, right? <laughs> we, we bust that door wide open. We see people just getting Come down. She's like, <laughs> like, on the floor, like, what in the world is she doing? <laughs> it's like literally music. And then she'll grind up on somebody. And just the guy's just like, 
<laughs> and we'll look at that, and that's normal. Yeah, that's exactly easy. That's normal. When people can grind up on each other, filthy perversion. That's, yeah, that's what I want. You know what? Our minds are not accustomed to worship unto God. Mm-hmm. And so this is what's going to happen in this place, young people. That's what I'm going to tell you. And I know better. I know better. Trust me. Listen, just do me the favor right now as a corporate body, everybody in this place, do me the favor. This is the easiest song you can participate in. I am free to run. Guess what we're doing? You're running in place. If you're crazy enough, we're running around the whole entire church. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I am free to dance. Now, we ain't grinding up on each other. And I see, I'm just like, what, what is it? Oh, stop it again. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Right? If you guys want to do that, guys, but guys, girls, girls, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> right? Right? Good Lord. I am, free to, I am free to live for you. We jump, y'all. Come on now. I just, I'm just going to share this. There are people today that would dress up or not even dress down, wear no shirt, Paint the letter, paint the name of a team, of a football team they don't even play for. They don't even play for the Bears, but they go all crazy. They'll come out crazy, and they'll promote it. And they'll th- th- you see these people with touchdown. Oh, what? What? It's just a game. Two years from now, no one will ever remember that game. But two years from now, we still remember the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I said Amen. So we're going to do this song right. Look to your neighbor and say, you ain't cool for Jesus. You ain't cool for Jesus. Come on now. All right, check this out. I want us to spread around this whole entire building right now. Come on. Spread around, spread around, spread around. You need your space. You need your space. If your friend ain't moving, your friend ain't dancing, you want to go ahead and teach him. Don't be afraid of him. Please don't hurt him. <laughs> don't touch me. Pop. Oh. I'm free. Amen. Can I get an Amen. I'm going to do this song right, y'all. Come on. One, two, one. Come on, clap your hands. Yes, I am free. 
you're normal to or what you're accustomed to. Let me tell you something. What you grew up around with doesn't mean there's no God. And I'm just going to speak this out. And if every parent were in this place, I'll speak it right to them. Just because your parents didn't live for Jesus Christ doesn't mean there ain't no God. Just because your parents did it the wrong way doesn't mean there is no God. And I'll talk right to the parents if they were here. But let me tell you what. You have a choice before you. Everybody has their choices to make. You're not doomed to repeat the mistakes of the people that went before you, of your older siblings, older brothers, mothers, sisters, father. You have a choice today. Everybody has that choice. And one day you're going to stand before the Lord. And he's going to ask you, what choice did you make? I just want to teach you right now, young people, you can, you can worship God. You can worship God. I know that's probably a hard word for some of us to understand because some of us probably don't have parents in our lives or we had a rough upbringing, but come on, I know a God that is able. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and bow your heads right now. No talking to your neighbor. Let's just respect the Lord right now. Let's just give him these next couple moments to speak to us. If you're new at this, we close our eyes not to be distracted by what other people are doing or what our neighbors are doing. But we focus on the Lord. And we just challenge, I challenge you right now to pray and just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for freedom. Thank you for a second chance. Thank you, God, that I'm no longer the same. 
Thank you, God, that you don't remember my past, but you see the blood of Jesus. Come on, just start thanking him right now. Thank you, Lord. spot and we sing to him right now Oh, my day. 
love came down. say I am yours and you sing that unto them there's a power in that because when you declare when you profess that you are God's and he is yours come on the devil has no authority over you some of you guys come in here right now with some things into your life and you've actually given the devil full control to mess around you've given him full authority to go ahead and wreck things up, to give you guys addictions, to be held down in chains, to be bound to sin. And you've allowed the devil to do that because we've sing this song to the devil first. We said to, imagine singing this out to the devil, I am yours, devil, and I am yours, I belong to you. And our actions have done that when we sin against God. The Bible says that we are enemies against God. And by our actions and by our words and by our thoughts, we sang worship unto the devil and we proclaim that we belong to him and he and he kept us down but chains. But there's a power where you confess by faith and believe in Jesus Christ and you sing out today that I am yours. Devil, I don't belong to you. My family doesn't belong to you. My brother, my sister doesn't belong to you. My friend doesn't belong to you. I don't belong to you. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. I belong to him and him alone. He is mine. He is all I want. Come on, there's a power in that today. Come on, do you want that today? That's you with all eyes closed right now. All eyes closed, no looking around. In an attitude of prayer, in an attitude of worship. Come on, I'm just gonna ask if that's you in this place, just to lift your hand right now. Come on, no looking around. Just lift your hand if you want more of the Lord right now. Just lift your hand. Come on, hands going up in this place. Come on, just sing this out to us. Sing, I am yours. Come on, let's declare it today. I am yours. Oh my days, 
these next few seconds for the Lord to just solidify. Let them just, you know, put that in your heart right now. For some of you guys, I believe right now was a breakthrough in these times of worship. You don't have to, you know, feel like you're glowing right now. But let me tell you what, if you if you reap, if you sow into the kingdom of God, if you sow in these times of worship after the presence of God, that's what you're going to get. And trust me, there is so much more of where that is right now. We're just going to continue in the things that we have planned out. Father, I just pray right now for these young people, for the youth of Elevate, God. We just pray for Elevate right now, God, it, that you would just let your presence be in this place, God. We're tired of just a normal service, God. We want your spirit to move in power today. Salvation, salvation, God. Let it never get old to us, Jesus. And we just pray that your Holy Spirit would continue this work right now in, in, our, in our breakout time, Father God. In your word, Father, and tonight what we have planned out for the locking, God, all the fun things we have going on. God, I just pray that you would have your way. You speak to hearts in this place. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. Amen. Come on, and everybody said. Amen. Come on, give them a hand clap of praise. Come on. Right now we like to have what we call life group breakout time. So right now, if you're new, um, if you came with somebody that's a part of this church, why don't you join them in their life group? We have my JC soldiers over here, and my warriors for Christ over Chia, and then we have my saints in the back over Chia. So why don't we hurry up, hurry up. We got about three minutes, three minutes, three minutes, and then we're going to get back in. Amen. One, two, one.
Come on, one minute and 30 seconds left. Thirty seconds. Five seconds left. Three, two, one. Everybody break back in. All right, come on, guys. Find a way to your seat. Come on. I see this whole big crowd over there. Come on, guys. Just, just find your way to seat. We're going to do Bible quiz right now. Anybody excited for Bible quiz? I was thinking about it, and since tonight it's going to be all about the competition and all that, I think we should get a little taste of that. All right? So I want somebody from a JC soldier to raise their hand. Anai, okay, come up. And I want somebody from the Warriors to raise their hand. Come on, Warrior. No, it's not fair. Okay, Ricky. All righty. Warrior. Soldier. Are you guys ready for this? It's going to be a very easy question. We've said it many times before. You've probably heard it many times before. I just need you to complete this title. All right? You guys ready? When you guys, just raise your hand. It's all simple. Complete this. The Lord God what? Almighty. All right, give it up for him. The Lord God Almighty. He got it. He got it. Now, let me see. I want somebody with a little bit more experience, somebody who knows something, all right? I want a saint, one of the saints. Victor. I pick Victor. And who else? Let's see. Melanie, come on. So actually, you're going to go against your own partner here, your own person. This is a little bit more difficult, all right? But I believe you guys can do it, all right? You guys can do it. I know you can. You ready? Come on, man. Gosh. He saw how he got scared. He knows better. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
What is the longest book in the Bible? Psalms. Psalms, correct. All right, give it to her. All right. Now, I kind of thought about this one a little bit earlier, so I want Lawrence to come up here. And I want to ask, who thinks they can beat Lawrence in this? I want somebody who knows. I saw Kevin raise his hand. Come on, Kevin. This one's going to be good. <laughs> I saw this guy. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to make this very hard, all right? But I know you guys can get it. You guys think that you got this? No? Nah? The mentalist. All right. All right, all right, all right. This actually is worth two boxes of candy. Can you believe that? Because it's so hardcore of a question. We all know Revelation, right? Yeah, you guys know it. What is the Greek word for Revelation? Oh, you see, you guys didn't even get What? What? Apollyon. No, get out of here. Anybody want to give a guess? Anybody want to give a guess? Anybody from SUM? Anybody? Monique? <laughs> you guys don't even know. Okay, gosh. Let me see. I'll give it another chance then. Let's see. Name the person who was trying to kill Jesus in uh, his birth when he was a, a little baby. Herod. That's good. There you go. Take him. Double, man. Gosh. And the answer for the Greek word for revelation is actually apocalypsis, or the word apocalypse. You see? I know. We just, we love it. Uh, where's Adam at? Can I get some Adam over here? There he is. Awesome. We did it. We did it good. Hallelujah. Give it up for Ellie Stalling. <laughs> I literally was like, Ellie, just stall. I got to take care of some things right now. Just some things in the house. Can I get an amen? Just just amen. Just agree with me. Amen. Um, man, um, can you do me a favor? We just, just pull the plug on that music for me. Um, guys, I'm excited for you. How was your Thanksgiving yesterday? No, no, no. Okay. Does anybody ever do the Black Friday shopping? Or, man. Okay, just just best show of hands. If you did that Black Friday shopping, just keep your hand up. I'm just going to ask you, what stores have it? Anai, what, what, what stores did you go to? Sears. Did you buy microwaves, girl? Get yourself a brand new microwave, girl. She cooking for... Uh, who has the hand up? Kevin, I'll show your hand up. Target. What you got at Target? Microwave. <laughs> He's the one that got the microwave, y'all. See, I had it. The prophetic was in the house. Amen. It was, who else had their hand up? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Tito. I'm a store boy. You forgot? You're making up... Menards. What you got at Menards? He got himself a watch in Menards. Holla at your boy. That's what's up. And one more, one more, one more. My man Thomas in the back. Where'd you, where'd you go, boy? Walt, oh, you working at Walmart. Weren't you working? You were working? Oh, he was working. Okay, what would you buy if you were at Walmart? Xbox. That's what's up. That's what's up. So I'm hoping you guys enjoyed yourself. Um, if you guys can do me the favor, I'm about to start preaching. If y'all ready for some preach up in the house, say preach it, preacher. I wasn't pretty convinced. Say, preach it, preacher. Ah. Ah. Start getting excited. That's the Holy Ghost. Remember I told you about the Holy Ghost? I, I just want to share with you all this whole entire month we had been sharing with you because I knew about um, Thanksgiving. The first thing that comes to my mind when I think about Thanksgiving is food. And yes, I'm just telling you a little bit about my Thanksgiving. Uh, generally, we have it at my house, but um, 
the last, the past two years, we had it at my tia's house. Tia is aunt in Spanish for auntie, uh, the lady who's related to your mother or your father, and they're their sister. Amen. I just needed to explain that for you guys. But anyways, I went to my tia's house yesterday, and we had a good time. And man, your pastor might have put on two, three pounds. <laughs> like, where's the height? Oh, it's back there. Okay, three pounds for real. But the food was so good. And in this entire month, I kind of like, you know, went through the Bible and looked at the passages in the Bible that talked about food. I just kind of, man, if we're going to go down with Thanksgiving and we're going to like slam, we might as well talk about food to get us there. You know what I mean? And, and so I, I kept that for today. And I was praying this week. I'm like, all right, God, I just want to just speak into them. And in the passage that I want to talk out of you guys, oh, there it goes. There, there it goes. Uh, what I want to share with you guys today is, is, um, is found in the book of Luke. If you guys brought your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 6, verses 43 to 40 time. 40 time 45 the the title of today's sermon is called it's time can you guys say that for me on three one two three it's time and i was praying in my spirit and i'm just saying man god i just want young people to live for jesus that's what i'm praying i'm saying god i want young people to be sold out for jesus because you know what living for jesus saying cool i'm just gonna keep it real or that's what see that's what you're told because living for Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of life. Amen. The chief end of man is to glorify God. But somehow it's crept in even within the church, within, within young students, young adults, that living for Jesus is lame. You know what? Um, I was actually, uh, before I was uh, doing this, I was on Facebook. And uh, I, I could call you all out, but I, I'm not. But just you know who you are. But some of the... <laughs> Come on now. Some of the silly stuff you find on Facebook. And, and I'm praying for y'all, and I'm wondering if you guys know even how to spell. It's just like, instead of G's, you got to put Q's. And I'm like, what in the world? It's like, what is going on over here? And, and some of these updates, and I'm just like, Lord. And some of you guys go to church. Well, some of you just got out of church, and you're posting up stuff like, what in the world? And so I'm just thinking to myself, man, God, I just want young people to be sold out for you. And you know what it is. You know how people get sold out for Jesus? They have an experience. They have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And, and I'm, I'm persuaded here today that a lot of us have come into Elevate, and some of us have been rocked by God. We've had an experience with God because this is not a normal church, y'all. I don't know if you've noticed, but we were running around this church. I mean, last time I've been to church, it was just like this. Hallelujah. And if you're really radical, you raise your hand. But we're running around. We're on our knees. We're crying. And, and I'm persuaded some of us have, have gone, have come to Elevate or come to church and blended in. Here's what, here's what I'm talking about. Some of you guys have come in and seen radical people that have been touched by God. Like, oh, my gosh, that is really weird. But I don't want to look weird, so I'm going to raise my hands, too. And so I'm convinced today that a lot of us haven't had an experience, but rather are going off the emotion. Hear this, because when the emotion's gone, you're not going to want to live for Jesus. Hello? Because when that, that excitement, that feeling of just like, man, I know there's a God and you're worshiping with everybody, but then you go back home and then you face the real problems, mom and dad problems, I'm talking about friend problems, I'm talking about some things you can't even talk about problems, you don't believe in Jesus anymore. That kind of excitement doesn't, it's like, man, I don't want to live for God and and so what's happened before, and I've been, you know, um, 
you know, it's happened to me. It's just emotion. We're very emotional people, and we understand this. And, and I'm saying, man, if we can just get it, listen to me today. If you guys can get it today, if you can get an encounter with God, you're not going to go home and be like, man, you're going to go home and be like, listen, devil, you're under my feet. In the name of Jesus, you're going to start walking with an authority, with an anointing to live, save, and stay saved. Come on now. Can I get an amen? And the passage I'm going to read to you today, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. If you get, do me a favor, you can turn on these lights up here. Um, amen. It's found in Luke 6, uh, verses 43 to 45, and I'll read it like this. And the title is called, A Tree and Its Fruit. And it says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings up evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Father, I just pray today that your word that your word, Jesus, that your word would touch hearts today, that people would, that have walked in here one way wouldn't leave the same way in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that these altars will be filled with salvation, with rededication in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that this altar will be filled with chains that have been broken off of your people. I declare it in this house and over their lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And here's a story really quick, just to really recap. A tree in his fruit. The Bible says that every good tree bears... Good fruit, and every bad tree bears, that's common sense, right? Here's, here's my question to you. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Because this is a parable. This is a story, and Jesus is saying, you're the tree, all right? Now, when I look at your tree, is there good fruit or bad fruit? I grew up in a house where I have an older brother. I had a younger sister, and we were very hungry kids. And if I showed you pictures of me when I was about maybe 10, 11, 12, I was one husky I wasn't fat, I was husky, and I was just, I was an eating monster, right? Me and my sister, my brother was really skinny, but he still ate a lot. And so my mom always, you know, had extra food everywhere. And one of the things, she tried to get us to eat fruit, so she'd buy a lot of fruit. But at that point in time, no one likes fruit. I mean, if you put a little limon in the salad, you know, that may be, but I'm trying to eat that fruit. And uh, I just remember at the center of the table, you know, she, we, she would always put it there so we can grab it, we can eat it. It's just we never touched it. And she would always buy so much bananas or so many apples that over time, if we don't eat it, they, they go bad. Right? How many of you guys ever happened to that? You guys had too much fruit, you don't eat it, and it just goes bad. You know? And, uh, and I just remember that. It's just like, I'm not going to eat that. And it starts to smell rotten, like spoiled fruit. It's just, you know, if you leave it in the fridge and it just grows mold, like, what's that smell? You open up, ever been to somebody's house, when you open up the refrigerator, it smells... It's probably bad fruit. That's what it is. And then, and I'm over here, and I'm thinking to myself as I'm coming across this passage, I'm just like, okay. Then the question for you guys today is this. How about this? What kind of fruit do you guys have? Is it good fruit? Is it bad fruit? Rotten fruit doesn't look appealing, and, and no one eats it. I just remember after a point in time, that thing turns brown. No one's going to touch that. It starts to smell. You're never going to eat it. And the Bible says that when we do actions like that, our words, thoughts, you know, the things that we say and do, that's our fruit. And when God comes around and when he looks at you, does he find on your tree rotten fruit? Guess what? God's not going to eat that kind of fruit. Amen. Good fruit looks appealing and it tastes good. You're able to get others to eat it. 
Now, when you look at the life of a Christian, and for some of you guys, it's your first time here at the church, and I'm probably speaking to the house just a little bit. And for you guys, if you're a visitor, I'll get more into the word about Jesus Christ salvation. But for the people in the house today, what kind of fruit do you have? You know, you say you're a Christian, you, you sell these things, but is there evidence to back it up? If being a Christian was illegal in the United States, if it was illegal and, it, and if you were caught practicing Christianity, they will put you to death. Will there be enough evidence to convict you? Hello? Would there be enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian or where people look at you? He ain't a Christian. No, he... he he just go to church. He's a fake. Don't worry about him. He's cool, officer. You don't have to arrest him. You don't have to kill him. You know, in some places right now, being a Christian is outlawed and is punishable by death. But here in America, we have so many freedoms and we have so many things that we wish that we want to do and that we do and that we put over the word of God. And today I'm asking you today, if, if you call yourself a Christian, is there fruit to back it up? Is there good fruit from coming from your tree or is there rotten fruit coming from your tree? Come on. The world knows that in the physical, check this out. The world knows that in the physical, it is important to keep healthy trees in order to get good fruit, in order to produce good fruit. Yet in the spiritual, we do not take good care of ourselves. As a result, we are vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy and we become spoiled before the Lord. Isn't it something that we rather doctor ourselves up, we rather look good before the world than, than God? That we would rather have our friends think we're cool than, than God show God that we love him. And you, you know what's happened? Somehow growing up, you know, and, and I was sharing a strong word today in worship with parents I know sometimes you heard about Jesus Christ, and in your upbringing, you never saw anything in your house worth bending over for to give your life to God. You never saw, why should I give my life to God? And you get this example, and tell you what, 15, 16, 17 years, you've been ingrained, you've been taught. That there's a God, they go to church, but they keep on fighting. And then when you come to church and you hear about salvation, chains being broken, you're just like, no. 18 years, you can't, I, I've been to church, and my parents took me there. But what happened was it was just an experience. It was just these things that were, that were given to you or brought before you and wasn't true Christianity. And somehow all that gets imposed on God. And now what's happening is we rather look good before our friends who, who can't send our souls to hell than God. And we come here in a worship service just like this where I'm free to run. I ain't running. I'm running. And, and I'm not I'm trying to make fun of you or anything like that, but I'm just trying to check your heart. Here it is. Like we're worshiping God. You're looking around. You're talking with your neighbor. And, and I'm telling you today, there is a God that sees everything. And I want to encourage you as a pastor to bring you to a place where you can understand the realness of God. Let him break through all that, you know, garbage and junk that you were brought up with. Oh, I thought God was like this. You know that in my Christianity, when I got closer to the word, when I got closer in my relationship to God, I noticed how much of, of how much I didn't know God. Amen. I thought God was one way and I started getting into the word. I started growing hungry and I just said, man, I didn't know God was like this. I didn't know God was forgiving. 
And it changed the way I saw God. It changed the way I read my Bible. It changed the way I prayed. It changed the way I spoke to people. It changed the way I was in church. I ask you today, what kind of fruit do you have? Not just here in the church, because anybody can raise their hands and sing and shout. When you leave this place, what kind of fruit do you have? In the physical, people know to take care of trees. Because why? It produces good fruit. You never go to a farm, any kind of farm, where they have produce, where they have harvest. You never go there. You ask the farmers, like, okay, um, are you going to let that tree? It's like, no. He tells you everything that he does to take care of the tree, to, to nurture it, to provide for it, give it nutrients, give it all these kind of things so that it grows, so that it can produce good fruit. But today in the church, for us as people of God, as people who want to know God, we don't even take care of that. We don't even want to go after God. We don't even, like, feed ourselves. The Bible says that we grow. Not every man grow, um, is, is uh, God, help me out with this, Ellie. It's about the word of God. This is just, man doesn't live on bread alone, but everywhere that comes from the mouth of God. Amen. And so we understand this, that we need to grow, and it's by the word of God. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. The Bible says this here. Verse 44, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. How does God see you? How does God recognize you? Does this ever come to your mind? Or does it only come to your mind in church? I'm glad that it does now in church. How does God see you? How does he, he says he recognizes you. Oh man, get that today. That a living God would recognize you by the things that you do, by your own fruit. None of this will, you, you don't understand so-and-so. They do this to me, so that's why I'm like this. He says, no, I'll recognize you by your own fruit. What will you choose to do? See, your friend can't choose you to, to smoke drugs. Your friend can't choose, you know, force you to, to, to drink alcohol. Your friend can't choose you to do all the wrong things. We have a choice. He recognizes you, the Bible says. Matthew 7, 22 to 20, 23. Um, there's another parable in the book of Matthew that is similar to Luke. And, 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 I, and I share this with you because the Bible says this in Matthew. It says, many will come to me or many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out many demons and in your name do many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly. Away from me, you evildoers, for I never knew you. Wow. Young people, listen to me today. This is my heart for you today. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel awkward before God. But I'm trying to speak the truth to you. Because if you come to a service thinking you're good with God and you'll leave here out the same way, you're, something's wrong. And the issue sin. The issue sin. Isn't that something? The Bible says many will come. He says many will come to me on that day. Lord, Lord. The Bible has a certain way of speaking. Whenever it repeats itself, that's usually to provide exclamation to what's happening there. So that person coming up and, and Jesus talking about that person saying, Lord, Lord, wasn't just any person. This was a man that went to church all the time. They were casting out demons. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out many demons. And in your name do mighty miracles. 
Then he will look at them and he will say plainly, I never knew you away from evildoers. On that day when you stand before God, when your life is over, when your time clock is out, and you stand before the living God, the Bible says it is appointed for man to live once and after that judgment. And you will stand before God and you can say, well, God, I went to church that one time. And would he look at you and say, away from me, evildoer, I never knew you. But God, look, 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 look. I brought my friend to church that one day. I played drums for church. God, I, I played the guitar. God, I preached that one time in my life. God, I prayed for so-and-so. Away from me, I never knew you. It's not that we know God, but does God know you? You go around, my witness all the time, and we ask people if they know God. Yeah, they know God. But does God know you? Does he know you? You are responsible for your own actions, thoughts, and words. You are. Don't look to your neighbor. On that day of judgment, when you stand before it, don't look to your neighbor try to bail you out. Well, dude, you did this. You know, so many times, you know, I've gone around and I've spoke to young people today, and I spoke to some of our youth. And, you know, many of the times they're doing things, and I'm just like, well, that's wrong. Don't don't do that. But so-and-so does it. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, so-and-so does this, so I can do this. And they're naming people from different churches, or they're naming some of their friends. Is so-and-so even saved? Yeah, they, they go to church. You know what's happened today? Our model for Christianity has become our friends. And our friends are so far from the truth that we're thinking that the way they live is gospel truth, and we'll adapt, we'll adopt what they do. That when the word of God comes into our lives, when the word of God is preached to us, we're just like, no, nah, I can't do that. That's too much. And we'll start complaining. I can't pray, give my life to God. I'll tell you today, the most rewarding thing to do is to give your life to God and to serve him, to grow in a relationship with him. Luke 6.45, it says this. It says, the good man brings up the good things out of the good sort up in his heart. And the evil man brings out the evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, everybody say heart. Come on, say heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And just this past week, and just this past week, can you recount all of your words and some of the things that you said? Where does that come from? It comes from the overflow of your heart. Some of us, if we can, if we started like to put it on speaker, some of the things we were saying, will it be shameful to even play like, oh my gosh, your thoughts. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You're on trial and God is a judge. One day, I just want to give it to you very clearly today. One day you will stand before God. You will stand before God. And let me tell you something. I, this puts a fear of God in me. Not that I'm afraid of God, but I understand I will stand before God. It doesn't matter if I'm a pastor. doesn't matter if it's Pastor Joe. doesn't matter if it's pastor of, of some big giant church, of a mega church. They will stand before God and be judged. You know, your friends are not going to be there. Your mom and dad is not going to be there. You will be there by yourself. I saw this picture the other day, and if I can find it, I, 
I would, but I just remember seeing the picture was this, uh, just a man in a suit, in business attire. You know, his hair combed to the side, and he was standing up, and he was standing before him, and a light shone before him. And as you look in front of him, there was this giant throne and a man seated upon it. And behind him, a host of angels. And around him, a host of angels. And it was just him. And there was these stairs. And he was at the top of the stairs. And he was like this. And the man on the throne was like this, sitting down. It painted a real picture. I will stand before God. Will he see good fruit? Or will he see bad fruit? Will he say to you on that day, away from me, I don't know you? Or will he say, good job, good job, faithful servant, well done? I tell you today, when God judges your heart, does he see your sin? And do I, and sometimes I think to myself, man, when I say sin, that's just a broad term that encompasses a lot of things that we do sometimes. When, when God judges your heart, does he see your sin? Listen to me. Does he see your sin or does he see the blood of Jesus Christ? What does he see today? What does he see? We're in, um, in this uh, uh, class. I'm in Bible college right now. I'm in SUM. One of the classes is called um, Intro to Global Missions. And the class prepares people to go out into uh, a different place, uh, uh, a third world country where they never heard about the gospel or maybe they're familiar but they don't know the exact story. And it prepares you to go out there and to be like a Marine, a Navy SEAL and spread the gospel. Like if they drop, right now if you were to drop a Navy SEAL into the heart of the enemy's camp, that Navy SEAL is well trained enough to get out of that place alive and take some people down with them, Amen. That's how bad they have that training. If you look, I, I used to watch this stuff on Netflix, just like, you know, the training and all this stuff that they do these, you know, they allow these guys to go through. It's just like, man, that's torture. And they're asking the trainers, like, man, we have to do this because one day they'll be in real life battle experiences. And, and this, we need to let them know this is serious. This is for them. And this is kind of what this class is about. It's called Intro to Global Missions. And, and one of the classes is just basically close your notes, close your Bible. Tell the beginning, tell the creation, uh, the story of the creation, all the way to when God's going to come back in seven stages. Cool. Pastor Joe calls me up. I'm like, can I get my notes? No, no, no notes. Just come on up. And I'm standing, you know, the classes, the camera's on, and I'm just like, and I said it, you know, and, and um, I sat back down, and I started thinking about the story of the creation. When I got back to my notes, I started looking like, this is what happened. I'm going to share it with you right now. Act number one, God created the heavens and the earth. He created man and woman. Man disobeyed. Man sinned. God's presence, God's spirit left. We were separated from God and we disobeyed. Now every person, male and female, is an is a offspring, is now the result of Adam and Eve. Now we're born into sin. For the Bible says that for all have sinned. Act two, when God calls out a chosen person through Abraham, he says, you know what, I'm going to bring a Messiah to redeem mankind because I love them. And he chose Abraham. Abraham stepped out in faith. And what came forth was the Israelite nation. Act number three, the Israelite nation were held in captivity in, in Egypt. And God sent Moses to rescue them out. 
He separated them. Then he gave them the Ark of the Covenant. He gave them a temple. He's like, look, now that I've saved you, be different from the world. Don't be the same. You're going to be different so that people will know that there is a God. And the Bible says that whenever they walked, there was a cloud by day and a, a pillar of fire by night that traveled with them. Act number four. The people were disobedient against God. God sent prophets. Like, look, repent from your sin. Don't do that. You're a chosen people. Stop sinning. They did it. Then God allowed some nations to come and conquer them and destroy them. His own people. He said, that's it. You're not listening. He raised up Babylon. Go destroy them. Go destroy them. Act number five. Here's Jesus Christ, God himself saying, enough is enough. I'm coming down there in person and dying for their sins so that all people, both Jew and Gentile, every person can be saved. Act number six, the church starts. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, Pentecost comes into the place. People are filled with the Holy Spirit and they're spreading the message not only in Jerusalem, but so that the whole world may know Jesus Christ. And act number seven, hallelujah, if you guys can stand to your feet with me, please. The Lord is coming back in glory. He's coming for his church. He's coming not as Dito Jesus, but he's coming to judge. If you can do me a favor, Ellie, if you can just play some, some music in the back. I'm just going to finish up right now. I'm just um, a little short on time. When God judges your heart, does he see your sin or does he see the blood of Jesus? Man, there was a day that if I were to stand before God, man, I, he would see my sin. You have no idea. There would there'd be no excuse for me. I grew up in the church. My parents were saved. We had devotionals. You know, my parents are still together, so it's not like I had a rough upbringing. You know, they taught us the word of God. They taught us. They showed us. They prayed with us. And I just, I'm not going to do it because you know what I saw when I went to high school, when I was with my friends, I saw that they were cool. And every time I bring up the Bible or I do something right, it's like, man, you're lame. I was always brought down. So it always discouraged me. And then it's like, whatever. And, and I backslid. And I got into a relationship with a girl and I started having sex outside of marriage. And, and I was just deep in my sin. I'm just saying, man, I knew what was up. And I would go to church sometimes and try to make myself feel better about what I'm doing because I knew I was wrong. I knew I was wrong. I just didn't want to say it. I just wanted to feel good enough about myself so I didn't really have to do everything so I can be both one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus. And, um, man, I'll tell you what. I was invited back um, to youth, and I went up, and, man, God was, you know how God messes with you? This is, this is what God did. He's just knocking on my heart. He's like, Adam. He's like, Adam. Adam, and I'm just like, man, this is getting really frustrating now because you know God is speaking. And I could have walked out that day, just like whatever, and probably been lost and just like backslidden. But that day I just went up to the front. I said, man, God, I'm going to give you my heart. And I wasn't even trying to cry. I wasn't even trying to be all dramatic about it. But I went up to the front, and I felt a touch from God. I was like, oh, my gosh, and, and God broke that, that junk in my life. And I remember it was so real. And if you're here in this place, if this is your first time in this place, let, let me tell you what. Giving your life to Jesus Christ, that's that choice you can make today. 
And that's what we want for you guys. It's not some lame type of thing where you go to church. There. To hell with what everybody else says. That's the devil. You, they can go to hell. You want to go to hell with them? Fine. But God gave us something better through his son, Jesus Christ, and that was eternal life. And as I was sharing this, I want to close with this, this last word. And it's found in, in Luke 13, 6 through 9. It says this. It says, then he told this parable. This is Jesus speaking right now. He said, a man had a fig tree. He planted it in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of his vineyard, for three years now I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should he use up the soil? Verse 8, sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Just really quickly, I know I'm short for time. I just shared this parable. The man whose, whose vineyard it belongs to, in verse 6, then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree and planted his vineyard, and he went to look for the fruit on it, but he didn't find out any. He says, so he said to the man who took care of his vineyard. That's a story and a parable, an example of God the Father. Check this out. God the Father and his church and, and his people. And he says he came down, and he looked at a tree, and he saw no fruit on it. And he said, I'm cutting it down. That's it. For three years, I've been coming down to look for fruit. It hasn't bore fruit. Cut it down. That's it. I'm done with it. Then the man who was taking care of the garden, Jesus Christ, said, no, no, sir, sir. Give it one more year. Just give it one more year. And if, if it bears fruit, it can stay. But if it does not bear fruit, you have every reason to cut it down. Just give it one more year. I'll dig around it. I'll fertilize it. I'll take care of it. Just give it one more year. See what happens in that one year. But don't cut it down. If it bears no fruit, then you can cut it down. If you can close your eyes right now, we're about to pray right now. <sighs> Father, I, I, we thank you right now, God. Come on, some of you are in this place right now. This has been your home. This has been your youth group. This has been your place where you come and you say, man, I want to serve God. I want to live for God. And, and some of you have been coming and there has been no fruit and God is saying, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Where's it going to come? And Jesus is saying, man, just one more time. And some of you, there's somebody in this place today that also for the very first time that said, man, I never heard about this, but I'm pretty sure I don't have any, any good fruit. I don't, I'm pretty sure there's nothing in my life that God will be pleased about. But man, I want to give my life to Jesus. This man who died on the cross for my sin, Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He says, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Not of physical birth, but of spiritual birth. Come on right now with all eyes closed in this place right now. I'm just believing God just for a touch. I'm believing God for something so much more. Come on, I'm believing God that you will get it today in this place. I'm believing, God, that if you struggled with sin, you struggled in some area in your life, and you've just been walking in circles, I'm believing that chains will be broken off in this place. I'm believing if this is your first time in a church, and you heard this story, it's like, man, I want Jesus. Forget about what my friends say. I need Jesus Christ. Come on, if that's you, we want to pray for you. This is what's going to happen right now in the attitude of prayer. We're just going to just... I'm going to release you, not yet, 
I'm just going to release you. And if you want Jesus Christ's salvation, I'm just going to ask that you come to the front so we can just pray with you. Don't leave this time just letting it go by and saying, I'll do it later. The Bible says that tomorrow is not promised. Today is the day of salvation. Come on, we're not with all eyes closed right now in this place. Come on, if you've never heard a message about a man dying on a cross, or you've heard about it, but you've never taken it serious, and you've never been born again, that right now, if you were to pass, you're not sure whether or not you'd go to heaven or hell. Come on, if that's you in this place, we want to pray with you right now, so that's a day. Come on. So that today you can know and you can be sure that when your time is up, you're going to be right next to Jesus. That when you stick out your hand, on the other side is going to be Jesus grabbing you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. Come on, if that's you right now, you want to accept Jesus Christ for the first time or the second time or the third time. I want you to leave your seat right now. Come up to the front. Come on up, just right now, just leave your seat. Step, take a step in faith, come on. Come on. Amen. Come on, you know who you are, you know who you are. We're not going to take much time right here. We want to pray, we want to get into the glory of God. Listen, don't pass this time up to hell with what your neighbor is saying. Don't feel like it's weird. This is what we do to please God. This is what we do to say, man, God, I'm leaving what I'm comfortable with and coming after you. Come on, is there anyone else? I'm just going to ask that Ellie and Monique would just begin to pray for some of them here at the front. Listen, if you're still at your seat right now, listen, you, there's still time for prayer for you too. I'm just going to share this right now. There are some of us in this place, listen, that we love God. That in our hearts we would say we would love God, but we struggled. And the Father, God the Father, he's looking down at us and when he sees our tree, he doesn't see good fruit, but he sees spoiled fruit. And Jesus is saying, Father, don't cut it down. Don't cut it down just yet. Give it just one more year. Come on, I'm believing there are people in this place that you have just been playing a game with God, that you have been taking God as a joke, that you've been coming to church when you feel like it, that you've been praying just when you feel like it, you've been doing things when it conveniences you. But right now God is saying, look, I'm going to dig around them. I'm going to dig around them, I'm going to fertilize them, and I'm going to put my power in them. Listen here. Some of us have lost our fire. Listen. Some of us have lost our fire when it comes to God. We've lost our fire. We lost our first love. I'm believing that today... Today, God's going to put that fire back inside you, that you're excited about Jesus Christ, that you don't care what the world says. But that all in your heart and in your mind, you say, I want Jesus Christ. And I'm willing to leave anyone and anything behind if it keeps me down. Come on, if you want your fire back, if you want your fire, if you want God to poke holes around you, to make it a little bit uncomfortable so that you can get that fire, so you can get that presence back into your life, come up to these altars right now. Come on, leaders. If it's your first time here, come on up right now.
going. If you want your fire back, this is what you're going to do. You get it to these altars, you start praying. Start crying out right now. Come on. Come on. Start crying out. God, I want my fire back. God, I want my fire back. I want to be excited for you. God, I want to be excited about the things that are, you've called me to. I want to be excited about your kingdom. I want to be excited about salvation. I want to be excited for what you're doing in my life. Come on. Fire in the name of Jesus. Fire in the name of Jesus. Fire in the name of Jesus. Father, let her find her first love. Father, let her not be discouraged. But Father, give her a power in Jesus' name. Let her feel your love, Father God. Let her not look back to what her family may say. But Father, may she look past the offenses and serve you, Jesus. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you put a fire in her heart. A fire in her heart in Jesus' name. A passion, a boldness in Jesus' name. Father, let her receive it right now. A fire. Fire in my Fire in Jesus' name. Come on. Fire in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're still in your seat, you're either one or the other. It isn't that hard to figure out. If you're in your seat, you're either one or the other. Check this out. Let me just speak into your life right now. Listen, there won't be a time. There's going to be a time where you can't listen to the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that God gave them over to their desires. Listen, to be in that place, the day that you're going to be in, like, I don't want this. That's a sad and scary day. And you will be doomed to repeat the failures of the people that went before you. Mm. You repeat the failures of the people that went before you. How about we don't even let it get to that, but right now, right now we come to God saying, God, give me that fire. Come on, if you still at this altar, there is an outpouring. Come on, I just feel an anointing. Let them break it. Let them break it. We want to pray for you. But before we do, just let them deal with your heart. Let them deal with the compromise. Say, Lord, you can have my compromise. I don't want it. And never satisfied. And never satisfied. It deceives. I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. God, I'm coming after you. Come on, just keep on praying right now.
more moments. We just want to keep on praying right now. We want to keep on praying. Let's not get tired of praying. If you're sitting down in your seats, I just ask that you just respect what's going on out here. I just ask that you would just respect this time. There are people here that are wanting to commit their life unto God and saying, God, I'm tired of what the world has to offer. It never satisfies. And I pray for you guys, if you're in your seats, I pray that it will click in your heart today. I pray that it would click that you need Jesus. You can't run from it. You'll stand before God. And on that day, there's not gonna, you're not going to say, well, I never had the opportunity now. If it's new to you, you want to pray with it, we'll take it easy. Come on. We just want to encourage you. Come on, fire in this place.